0: Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to up-level your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hello, Welcome to episode 122 of the Money Love Podcast. Okay, y'all. Well, listen, I have an episode that... If anything, I need to hear, right? I mean, you might listen to this episode and be like, wow, I felt like Paige was talking just to me in this episode today. But really, when I'm going through this, I'm going to be talking to myself because this is something that I truly struggle with. I feel like I always have, but it's also a topic that I've been hearing coming up over and over and over again with you guys. And last week inside the Overcoming Overspending membership, one of our members came to a coaching call and she asked for coaching around her perfectionism and actually how it's impacting her spending habits. And I thought it was just such a good question. And ever since I answered that question for her, I just keep seeing this topic come up again and again and again. And I'm going to tell you a lot of what I told her on our call last week. But even when I got off the call, I was like, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have said this. Like I was being a perfectionist about the coaching that I had given her on perfectionism. And I just feel like this time of year is really a time of year where this message becomes really, really important. I think that there's something about the holidays that is just so magical and so fun, but I also think like it brings out the best in us and it also brings out the worst in us. And when I say the worst in us, like one key part of that is I think especially as women our desire to create the perfect holiday experience for every single person in our lives. For our spouses and for our kids and for our extended family and for our coworkers and for our employees. I mean, it's just incessant. So, I'm going to read you the coaching request that she submitted because I think that a lot of you will see yourself in this coaching request. And then we're going to dive into perfectionism. I have a lot to say in this episode, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask you this from the very beginning. When I'm going through this, obviously be thinking about yourself, of course, but also be thinking about the other women in your life. And this is one of those episodes that I really want to encourage you to share it far and wide. You know, take the link to this episode and text it to your best friend, text it to your mom, to your sister, to your sister-in-laws, to your coworkers, because again, I think that this message just needs to be heard, especially this time of year in the holidays. And even if you're catching this episode later and it's not the holidays, like it's still going to apply because the perfectionism that we're going to be talking about follows us everywhere. This comes from a lovely lady named Lauren inside the membership. So Lauren, thank you so much for being bold to submit this coaching because not only did you help so many people inside the membership on our coaching call, you are now helping thousands of people who are listening to this episode. So here's what she said. A lot of my overspending comes from this place of chasing perfection in all areas of my life. I struggle to feel content with what I already have, and I strive for the perfectly decorated house, the perfect wardrobe, the perfect makeup and hair routine. Maybe less commonly, I always want a perfectly stocked pantry or fridge to be the perfect hostess when we have people over. This leads to a lot of overspending on groceries, and I found this to actually be almost an outlet where I can freely overspend and then find ways to justify it. Making sure we have absolutely everything on hand we could ever want to eat makes me feel organized, prepared, and like I'm being a good wife and mother. And at the same time, it gives me that hit of dopamine and it allows me to satisfy the urge to spend. This also happens when we host get-togethers for family and friends. I always wanna make sure that we have absolutely everything on hand that our guests would ever want to eat or drink. As an example, we recently hosted my husband's birthday I wanted specific appetizers that I already knew our guest really liked from previous get-togethers. When my husband came home without one of the main things I wanted, I almost ran out to a different store to get the one item, even though we would have been perfectly fine without it. We live 20 minutes from the closest grocery store, so I almost spent an entire hour of my day going to get one item that we absolutely did not need. This is just one example that may seem minor, but because it's such a common occurrence, it really snowballs. I know that by overspending in this area, I'm preventing us from being able to save for other things and achieve other goals that we have. My husband and I both have high paying jobs and a manageable amount of debt, yet, my spending keeps us in the credit card float. And I would love to get some coaching on this never ending chase for perfection. So good. Okay. So here we go. We're just going to dive right into it. I kind of want to break down this conversation today between two different types of perfection that I see. And I've kind of named both of them. This isn't like an official name for them. I literally like just came up with this as I was mapping out the outline for this episode. The first type of perfection is something that I'm going to call performative perfection. And that is the perfection that we strive for through the things that we do and the actions that we take trying to do everything perfectly. The second type of perfection that we're going to break down and talk about is something that I'm going to be calling purchasing perfection. Again, I just made this up. (laughs) Y'all know me. I love alliteration. But purchasing perfection is kind of like what Lauren was talking about in her question. It's really trying to portray this image of perfection through buying things and spending money. So it's like she said, it's buying the perfect wardrobe, buying the perfect home, buying the perfect makeup routine, skincare routine, hair routine. And I think it's really critical that we talk about both because I see both a lot. And also, I want to tell y'all that I'm going to be quoting my girl, Brene Brown, a lot in this episode. And when I say I'm a girl, it's not like I actually know Brene. In my mind, I feel like I know Brene because I love her so much. But she talks about perfection a lot. She is the leading expert in this. And so I just want to give credit where credit is due because a lot of what I'm going to be sharing with you today, I learned from Brene. Did not mean for that to rhyme, but it did. First of all, like I always like to do, let's start out with the definition of what perfectionism is. If you go to Google and you Google it, it will say, that perfectionism is the condition, state, or quality of being free or as free as possible from all flaws or defects. I think that a lot of us have been raised and conditioned to kind of think about perfectionism, honestly, like in a positive light. And there's one key example to me of why I say this. Have you ever been in a job interview and they ask you that super annoying, annoying question where it's like, what's your greatest weakness, right? And it's like the way that you're trained to answer that question is to actually like present something like it's a weakness, but it's actually a strength. And so what I feel like a lot of people say is they're like, well, I tend to be a perfectionist, right? And I think that that just goes to show you that a lot of us have been trained to think that being perfect is the goal, that it's what we should strive for, and that it's actually a positive thing. A couple of years ago, I went through and I read all of Brené Brown's books in like a year. She has many of them, and again, I just became like, obsessed with her and enthralled, and <laughs> I read all of her books. And she talks about this a lot. And here is how she actually defines perfectionism which this completely turned it on its head for me and had me started thinking about my own perfectionist tendencies in a completely new light she says that perfectionism is self destructive and it's an addictive belief system that fuels the primary thought of if i look perfect and i do everything perfectly I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of blame, judgment, and shame. I think a lot of us think about striving for perfection as a form of self-improvement. I should be better. I should strive for more. I should strive to do things as perfectly as I possibly can. But perfectionism is not self-improvement. Perfectionism at its core is really about trying to earn approval from other people. And actually, perfectionism is a form of defense. It is actually how we self-protect. It is a shield that we put up between ourselves and heavy, deep, negative emotions that we don't want to be feeling, namely shame, guilt, and inadequacy. So I think that's the first big takeaway here in this episode is really seeing perfectionism for what it is, which again, I'm going to give you that definition from Brene one more time. It's a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels the thought that if you look perfect and you do everything perfectly, you can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of blame, judgment, and shame. Now, let's kind of talk about the two different types of perfectionism that I was talking about. First, I want to start with the performative perfection. This is what I'm defining as the type of perfection that we try to achieve through the things that we do, through the actions that we take. And I think for me, if I can really think back to like, okay, where did my perfectionism come from? I think that a lot of it has to do, I mean, of course, like with anything, right? I think a lot of it has to do with your upbringing. I'm the oldest daughter of three girls. So I have a lot of like oldest daughter energy. And also in school, it was always really important to me to do really well in school, to get straight A's and to always make sure that everything was done as perfectly as it can. It's so funny. I always see a lot of memes about this on... the the internet. And I really, truly thought for the longest time that this was like such a unique experience that I had. And then I see memes for this everywhere. And I'm like, oh, everyone must have had this collective experience. But I mean, I used to sit at the kitchen table with my dad until like 11, 1130 at night as like a third grader. And my dad would make me redo my math homework, redo my math homework until I got every single question right. It was all written out perfectly. There were no errors. And we did that, I mean, Monday through Thursday. Like, If I had to go to school the next day, we were sitting at that table, we were doing math homework, and I was not going to bed until those math equations were absolutely perfect. And of course, do I think that that served me well in some ways? Yeah, sure, of course. But do I also think that it instilled a lot of unhealthy expectations towards what the actual goal of life was? Absolutely. Because as a young child, I was raised to believe you either do it perfectly or you don't do it at all. You either do it perfectly or you keep redoing it until it is perfect. And I think a lot of us who grew up with this like student mindset. Feel this way. And I see this with so many of you coming into overcoming overspending. Like, it's so, it's not funny, but it's just like I catch it and I observe it with you guys when you come in. And I can see this student mindset, this student tendency to want to do everything perfectly. You're like, okay, where do I start? What do I do? I need my workbook. I have to do my workbook perfectly. I have to go through the modules perfectly. I have to be on every single call. I have to ask this question in the right way. I have to get coaching. Like, it's just like check the box, check the box, check the box. We also do this a lot with our finances, right? Of course, you could say that we do this in every area of our life, but here are some examples with your finances. It's like having to create the beautiful, perfect, Aesthetically pleasing budget. And not only is the budget perfect, but you also have to stick to it perfectly. And if you don't stick to it perfectly, if there's one error, one mistake, one mishap, you automatically go into this mindset of, well, I didn't do it perfectly. So this month is screwed and I might as well just throw in the towel and restart next month, (laughs) right? It's like, how often have we done this? Perfectly executing your debt payoff plan. You go and you make this, again, beautiful debt payoff plan, thinking that there's going to be no challenges, no obstacles. It's going to be smooth sailing. And then, of course, it's not. Things happen, stuff falls out of the sky, things come up. That throws you off track. You get thrown off track and you think, well, I didn't do it perfectly. I didn't stick to the plan that I made ahead of time. So I might as well just give up on this plan because I didn't execute it perfectly. The expectation is that you never miss a payment. You never overspend. You never make an impulse purchase ever again in your entire life. I mean, a lot of y'all think that just because you've found this podcast or just because you're in the membership, getting the coaching and applying this work to your life, that just because you have these tools and this knowledge now, that that means, oh, I'm fixed. (laughs) I'm going to do it perfectly now. And it's like, no, that's definitely not how it works. That's the farthest from the truth. I even coached someone today on a coaching call and she came to the call and she just said, I'm terrified of what's going to happen once I mess up, once I slip up. But it's like, what are we really, really afraid of? What are we running from here? And what are we using this perfection as a shield to? So here's some things that I really want you to think about. I feel like there's kind of two sides to the coin of perfection. And really, you guys, this is something that we're going to dive into a little later in the episode when we're talking about the second type of perfection, but I'll just go ahead and give you this little nugget now. Perfection is actually a feeling. Okay. Perfection is not something in the outside world and you have to reach. That's how a lot of us look at perfection. We're like, perfection is defined outside of me. It's something in the outside world that I have to go and achieve but really perfection is a feeling. It's a being. It's a vibration ultimately that you are trying to create. You are trying to create this state of feeling like you are perfect. But when we're talking about the emotion of perfection, I would say that perfection is really kind of like a surface level emotion, meaning there's often a lot of emotions that are underneath the surface of perfection and perfection just happens to be the emotion that's on the top. It's the surface level emotion that you can actually see. When we start peeling back the layers of the onion, there's so much more underneath that the perfection is masking. Two sides of the coin. Here's what I want you to think about. First of all, what are the emotions that you are telling yourself that you will suddenly get to feel, that you will be worthy of feeling once you reach perfection? What are those emotions? Is it that you will feel successful? You will feel accomplished. You will feel worthy. You will feel superior to other people. I think like 20% of this is we are ultimately striving for perfection because of what we believe is waiting for us, when we achieve perfection. And it's always going to be an emotion. So I really want you to think about, okay, if I'm striving for perfection, I'm not actually striving for perfection. I'm striving for the emotion that I feel like is waiting for me on the other side of the perfection. And so what is that for you? What emotion is that that you're like, I'm not going to be able to feel this, or I'm not going to allow myself to feel this emotion until I reach perfection. On the other side of the coin of this, which I think is the 80%, this is the part that's really driving the perfection. And this is really the negative and the toxic part of the perfection is what Brene Brown says, which is really, what emotions are you shielding yourself from by chasing perfection? And the biggest giveaway for this, really the question that you need to ask yourself to answer this one is, what am I afraid of? What emotion am I afraid of feeling and experiencing that I am using perfection as a buffer to not have to feel? I think for a lot of you, those primary emotions are going to be shame, guilt, judgment, and unworthiness. Now, here's the funny thing when you really start to think about it. Many of us are striving for something that is impossible and unattainable. Striving for perfection, doing things absolutely perfect all the time, is not ever something that you will ever be able to meet or to satisfy. It's simply just not going to happen. But you strive for that and you want to create that again because you don't want to have to feel the very big, scary emotions of shame, of judgment, of unworthiness, inferiority, whatever it is that you're running from. However, The irony is that perfectionism actually sets you up to feel shame, judgment, and blame. Because again, you are striving for something that is unattainable. You are striving for something that is not possible. You are entering into playing a losing game that can never be won. But again, it's confusing, right? Because the world that we live in tells us that perfection is attainable, that it is something that we can achieve. And so many of us believe that lie. And so we set out to try. We set out to be perfect. And then, of course, when we're not, what do we feel? We feel all the emotions that we were ultimately just trying to escape in the first place. So you were trying to shield yourself from the shame, the judgment, and the blame by being perfect. And then when you're not perfect, guess what you feel? You feel shame and judgment and unworthiness, right? All the emotions that you were trying to avoid anyways. So really when it comes down to it, perfectionism is not a way to avoid shame. Perfectionism is a function of shame. This is what Brene Brown says, and I love this visual. So I'm gonna give you this, and I'm gonna say this, I'll say this twice because I think it's so good. She says, When perfectionism is driving, shame is always riding shotgun, and fear is the annoying backseat driver. (laughs) She went on Oprah and she said this, and Oprah goes, Say it again. She said it twice. She said, When perfectionism is driving, shame is always riding shotgun, and fear is the annoying backseat driver. She also said, Which I think this is so interesting is that we struggle with perfectionism in areas where we feel the most vulnerable to shame. So for me, I think this is absolutely true. For me personally, I struggle the most with perfectionism in my business I mean, heck, even like sitting down to record this podcast episode, I wanted to make the episode about perfection as perfect as I could. And I think you guys know this, you know, the podcast has been out for about three years and there have been like stretches of time, definitely longer stretches of time where I haven't put out new episodes and it's not something that I'm proud of. And, you know, I I hate that. I, I hate that I was inconsistent with the episodes. And I look back and I think, well, why did I do that? Like what was actually like holding me back? And it was definitely my perfectionist tendencies, like being of the mindset of every single episode that I have to put out has to be perfect. And if it is not perfect, and if I don't cover every single point and if I don't articulate everything perfectly, it's not worth putting out. Now that's what my brain tries to convince me of. And I know you guys are over here on the other end just being like, Paige, just like literally put out anything. We don't care. Like (laughs) we'll. Well, listen, right? Like It's fine. And I'm over here like, no, but it has to be perfect because my business is an area where I feel most vulnerable to shame. Somebody coming at me and saying, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not actually helping people. This isn't good work. It's mediocre. It's subpar. This is the area where I feel the most exposed to judgment and criticism and where it's really hard for me to be vulnerable. And so the way that I protect myself from having to experience those things is trying to make everything that I do and put out perfect. But then the irony is that I actually never end up putting out anything at all, (laughs) right? It's like, do you see the conundrum here? It's crazy. So what is that area of life for you? Where do you feel most vulnerable to shame? And I promise you, wherever that is, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's a business, maybe it's within your home, maybe it's within your parenting, your professional career, within your spirituality, with your health and wellness. I don't know. But think about what area is that for me? And then I guarantee that whatever that area is, you will probably see your highest level of perfectionist tendencies. So before we move on to the next kind of like second part of perfection, I just want to kind of end this part with this is that perfectionism really is not the self-protection that we think that it is. We think that if I can be perfect, I will be shielding myself from all of these emotions that I'm scared to experience when really... The perfectionism just ends up ultimately creating those emotions, right? Going back to my podcast example, it's like I didn't put out podcast episodes because I needed the episodes to be perfect so that I wouldn't face the shame and the judgment of how those episodes turned out. But then ultimately, I ended up feeling a lot of shame for not putting out the episodes at all. I actually ended up feeling a lot more shame for not putting out the episodes at all than if I just said, okay, I'm just going to sit down and start talking and whatever comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth and I just posted it. So it's not the self-protection that you think that it is. And ultimately, if you are striving for perfection in the things that you do, you are playing a losing game. Perfectionism is self-destructive. It is not self-improvement. It is unattainable. It is impossible. And it is unhealthy. I'll leave this first form of perfection with this. This is what I told one of the ladies inside my membership earlier today on the coaching call, where she was telling me, I have to be perfect. I have to do things perfectly. I'm scared of what's going to happen if I don't. And this is what I told her. I said, listen, just looking at you, like seeing you on my computer screen and hearing the way that you're talking, it's so evident to me that you're kind of like white knuckling this. You're wanting to get to where you want to go, but you are grasping the steering wheel so tight. And if anything happens that veers you off course, it's going to be disastrous because of how you're wanting to do this perfectly. And it's not going to go perfectly. And I gave her this analogy. I said, look, I want you to think about the difference between a beautiful glass vase, super fancy glass vase, and then just like a rubber ball. Now, the glass vase, as perfect as it may be and as beautiful as it may be, cannot handle a lot of adversity. It cannot handle a harsh environment. It cannot handle a lot of bumps and bruises and dings. You hit that glass vase the wrong way, it shatters into a million pieces. You accidentally hit it and you knock it over, it shatters into a million pieces. It's done, it's over, it's gone. There's no putting that glass vase back together versus the rubber ball. Now, you look at the rubber ball and you're like, eh, this isn't as nice to look at, but it's a lot more versatile. It bounces back. It might be dirtier, not as prettier. It might have some scuff marks on it, but It's resilient. You can bounce it and it will come right back up. If you knock it off somewhere, it doesn't matter. It's rubber. It's just going to bounce right back up. It can get bumped. It can get bruised. You can roll it all around. It can deal with a lot of different environments with a lot of adversity, and it's really not going to affect the rubber ball at all. It's still very much going to be intact. When you are trying to be a perfectionist, you are the glass vase. It's like any. Tiny little inconvenience, any tiny slight deviation from the plan, any tiny inconvenience or obstruction to your perfect plan is going to shatter you into a million little pieces and it's going to be really hard to put you back together. So instead of being the glass vase who wants to look pretty and looked perfect, I need you guys to be a bunch of rubber balls (laughs) out there, okay? We're just a group of ladies that are just a bunch of rubber balls all bouncing around, getting dirty, doing things imperfectly but also at the same time, getting to where we want to be without being completely damaged and without self-destructing. Now, let's talk about the second type of perfection. This is the other one that I see a lot. This is the one that I am calling purchasing perfection, trying to portray a perfect image through purchasing the perfect image. And again, this goes back to what Lauren was saying about purchasing The perfect wardrobe, having the perfect house, the perfect skincare routine. I know I've said this many times. It's unattainable. What you are striving to create, whether it's something that you saw in a Hallmark movie, it's something that you saw in a catalog, it's something that you saw from your favorite social media influencer on Instagram, where everything in their house was gifted, (laughs) what you're ultimately striving for is unattainable. And purchasing perfection. It's really about the perception that you want to portray to other people. But the kicker is that there's actually no way to control other people's perception of you, no matter how much time, money, or energy you spend trying to do that. So, here's some things that I want to offer you here. I'm going to come back to this concept. I know I talked about it in the beginning, but this is where it really kind of starts to kick in. Is I want all of you to make the shift of knowing that Perfectionism is not a circumstance that is out in the world. When we draw a model, a C T F A R, a lot of you think that perfectionism goes into the circumstance line, which means that your brain wants to tell you that perfection is out in the world. There is a perfection checklist for all of these different areas of our lives that you simply need to go out and purchase the perfection, that you can actually purchase your way there and create this version of perfection that is defined outside of you. It is defined by the outside world that we live in. It's out there. You just need to go buy it and create it. And you do that by needing things to look a certain way in your home, in your car, in your office, with your children, in your business. You need yourself to, To look a certain way, you need your hair to look a certain way, your makeup to look a certain way, your outfits to look a certain way, your waist to look a certain way. And just really think about this one of when blank looks like blank, whatever that is, that's perfection. When my house looks like this, when my body looks like this, when my children look like this, when my Christmas tree looks like this, when my one year old's birthday party looks like this. That is perfection. Now, if you were going to take one thing from this episode, I want it to be this. If you just make one shift, please have it be this. I need you to know that perfection is not something that is out in the world that you need to go create and chase. Because the truth is, like I said earlier, that perfectionism goes into the F line of our model, perfection is a feeling it is a vibration that you are trying to create. It is a knowing that you are striving for. It's a state that you are trying ultimately to get yourself to is to feel perfect. And how we know that perfection is not a circumstance really for anything, like there's no set agreed upon version of what the perfect Christmas tree looks like, what the perfect birthday cake looks like what the perfect wardrobe looks like, what the perfect skincare routine looks like, is that if I was to go out on the street and ask 100 people, hey, tell me what the perfect makeup routine looks like, I would get 100 different answers. That's how we know that perfection is not a circumstance because circumstances have to be facts of the world. They have to be agreed on by every single person. They have to be indisputable. And There's no indisputable definition of what perfection looks like for anything, really. And so that's how we know that perfectionism is not outside of you. It's actually something from within you. There's no black and white definition of it. Now, this realization is life-changing because when you realize, oh, perfection is not outside of me, then what you start to realize is I am the creator of perfection. Perfection is not a standard that is determined by the world or by other people or by the influencers on social media that then I have to go and live up to. I actually get to decide what perfection looks like. And for a lot of y'all, this is going to be the trippiest thing is realizing, oh, wait, (laughs) like I get to decide this. I get to decide what perfect looks like. I get to decide what the perfect birthday party for my one-year-old is going to look like, what the perfect wardrobe is going to look like, what the perfect holiday season is going to look like. I don't have to do what everyone else is doing. I don't have to do what I saw in the Hallmark movie. I don't have to do what my neighbor over here is doing I can do things exactly the way that I want to be doing them. And even if it's different than what I see in the outside world, it is still perfect. And how do I know that it's perfect? Because I decide that it is. Perfection comes from your decision that something is perfect. Perfection comes from your decision that it is perfect, not from something looking a certain way or something performing a certain way or having, you know, this certain type of appetizers or your fridge looking a certain way. Perfection doesn't come from any of that. Perfection simply comes from your decision that something is perfect. So, I want to give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about for me personally, especially this holiday season we don't, and by we, I mean like my husband and I, we don't do Christmas cards. We never have. I just don't do Christmas cards. I honestly don't think that I ever will. And it's not anything against anyone who does Christmas cards. I just don't do them. I don't do them because I don't want to do them. I don't want to find the outfits and get the pictures taken and then pick the cards and get everyone's address and then mail the cards. And like I just don't want to do it. So I don't do it. And instead of giving myself a hard time and being like, well, I should do it because pretty much everyone in my family does them and all of my friends do them. And I'm the only one that I know of that doesn't send out Christmas cards. I just decide it's perfect. It is the perfect choice for me and my family that we don't send out Christmas cards. Our Christmas lights. Here's another example this holiday season. We have a company that comes and installs Christmas lights on our house because my husband is basically the most unhandy person on planet Earth and does not do them. <laughs> so, we pull it out of our Christmas budget and we pay to have lights installed on our house. We have this big huge tree in our front yard, and you know those trees that you always see and they're they're always like wrapped, like really tightly wrapped, like so gorgeous and beautiful and the lights go all the way up the tree and at night when it's lit you can see like all of the limbs. Well, that was the vision that I had for this tree in our front yard. I was just like I want the whole thing wrapped. And then of course we got the quote from the lighting company and I was like, "Oh, that's like the cost of like a car. <laughs> I could buy a car for that." So, uh, I very kindly opted not to wrap the tree. I said maybe one day, but not this year. And so for a moment, my brain wanted to offer me the thought but like oh it's just it's gonna be so simple it's gonna be so plain if all we do is we just have the lights kind of like around the dormers and the roof line that's so simple it's not very it's not very exciting but then I remembered that the lights that we have on our house just the very simple like lining the dormers and lighting the roof line that's about it it's pretty much as simple as it comes can be perfect like simple can be perfect. And listen, if we had wrapped the tree, it also would have been perfect. And I also want to say too, that if we had just decided we're not going to do Christmas lights at all, it would also be perfect. Why? Because again, I define perfection. That is up to me. I get to see perfection through my own two eyes. That is not defined by anyone else's opinion Other than mine. And so when you can see, especially this holiday season, no matter what we're able to do, no matter what our tree looks like, the gifts that I'm able to give to other people, the outfit that I wear to my company Christmas party, the Christmas pajamas that my family gets, the meal that we make on Thanksgiving or on Christmas, it's all going to be perfect because I can simply decide that it is. So as you're going through this holiday season, I want you to be thinking about this question. Everything that happens, everything that you see, I want you to be viewing it through the lens of these questions. What is perfect about the way that this looks? When you look at your Christmas tree, the Christmas lights on your house, when you look at the photos that your photographer sends back to you of your family Christmas photos and your brain automatically wants to go to, what's wrong? why they're not good enough, I want you to ask and answer the question, what is perfect about the way that this looks? I promise you, if you ask your brain that, it will find an answer of why it's perfect and you can remind yourself that you hold the power of perfect. When you're thinking about yourself this holiday season, I want you to ask, what is perfect about this version of me? What do I love about this version of me? And what is perfect about this version of me? The way my hair looks in this picture, the way my makeup looks, at my kids' Christmas performance, about the outfit that I wear to Christmas Eve service, like whatever it is that you do, again, when your brain wants to go to, it's not good enough. I need to change this. I need to change this. I need to change that. I want you to redirect back to what is perfect about this version of me. And then the way that things go. Maybe Thanksgiving dinner doesn't go according to plan. Maybe your husband comes home and he forgot an ingredient, right? Like Lauren forgot the ingredient that you need. Maybe your kids aren't as behaved as well as you would like them to be at one of the family functions. Maybe you get someone a gift and they don't really have the reaction that you were hoping that they would have. When things start to happen that don't align to the expectations that you were hoping for, to the set of circumstances that your brain wants to convince you that you need to feel like it went perfectly, I want you to ask and answer the question, what is perfect about the way that this played out today? What was perfect about today? You always have the power to decide regardless of the circumstances that you are perfect. The way that things look are perfect and the way that things played out were perfect Even when your husband forgets the ingredient, even when your hair is not doing what you want it to do, even when all of your kids have all of their eyes closed in the family photo, asking yourself, what is perfect about all of this? Another thought that I love to have that is always available to all of you at any given point in time is, this is perfect. This is perfect. The house is perfect without the big tree wrapped the house would be perfect without any lights at all. My outfit is perfect. My hair and makeup perfect. My kids' outfits perfect. It's all perfect. And another variation of that thought is I am doing it perfectly. I'm doing it perfectly. I screw up the recipe. I'm still doing it perfectly. I get frustrated with one of my kids. I'm still doing it perfectly I'm wrapping presents at 3 a.m. on Christmas Eve because this is the first chance that I had to get to it. I'm beating myself up for procrastinating and putting this off. I'm doing it perfectly. You are the creator of perfection. You are in charge of deciding what perfection looks like. And perfection is always available to you because again, perfection simply comes from your decision that you are perfect, that you are doing things perfectly, and that things perfectly played out the way that they should have. So I want to end with this because I think this is an important distinction is, okay, well, how do I distinguish between perfectionism and genuinely just wanting to do better, right? Like genuinely just wanting to strive for more, strive for excellence, be the best version of myself that I can be, knowing that I'm not going to do it perfectly, but how do I really like distinguish between those two things? And that's kind of what I want to clarify and leave you with here. So remember, perfection is externally motivated. If you are focused on what will other people think, what will other people's opinions of this be, and really you're striving for external validation, external praise, and external attention, that's a dead giveaway that it's an unhealthy type of perfectionism. When you're in that unhealthy type of perfectionism, you fear failure. Failure is worst case scenario, and it's not something that you embrace. And you're almost kind of like in this mindset of like, I cannot fail. Failure is not an option because you're just so terrified of the emotion of failure. And so when that happens, you become obsessed. You become obsessed with achieving the goal, and you will go through any efforts necessary to ensure that you do not fail. Or you'll do what I did with my podcast example, where you're just going to avoid the activity altogether, right? You're like, well, I just won't record a podcast episode then. So you don't even give yourself the opportunity to face potential failure. The dead giveaway is, are you using perfection as a shield to emotions that you don't want to feel? Like shame, like failure, like vulnerability, like unworthiness. A lot of those big, heavy hitter emotions that we don't like to feel. So that's how you know, okay, this is the unhealthy type of perfection versus, this is what Brene Brown calls healthy striving. So healthy striving is internally driven. And yes, when you are in a state of healthy striving, you do challenge yourself. You do challenge yourself by setting lofty goals and setting high standards, but you welcome and you learn from failure along the way. Failure isn't something that you're scared of. It's not something that you're avoiding. And I'm not necessarily going to say that you have to love the failure, but you also understand that it's the price that you pay to becoming the best version of you. So because of that, you understand it's the only way forward, which means that you continue to stay engaged in the activity and in the pursuit of what you want. And along the way, you're going to welcome all emotions that come from the missed expectations of not doing things perfectly, of failing. You're going to welcome all of the emotions that come from that because again, you just know that that's part of the gig and they're coming along for the ride. So that's really how you can tell like, okay, well, am I being an unhealthy perfectionist or am I in a healthy type of striving? It's external versus internal. And y'all, I know it is hard. And trust me, like I said at the very beginning, I am preaching to the choir here. I mean, shoot, I'm probably going to listen to this episode of just me talking to me like over and over and over because I need to hear this. But I think when you can view perfectionism for what it really is, as it's actually the thing that keeps you from getting what you want versus getting what you want, you will start to view it in a whole new light. And it's something that you will stop striving for through your actions. And also with your money, you're going to stop trying to buy it. You will start to understand, I don't have to go out and buy a bunch of things to achieve perfection. I don't have to make my home look like a catalog. I don't have to make my children look a certain way. I don't have to make myself look a certain way because the way that things currently are, I can simply just decide that it is perfect because perfection is a decision that ultimately I can make at any time. So I hope this message helped you. And I really hope that you can carry this with you throughout the rest of 2023 and into the holiday season. And like I said, it would mean so much to me all if you would share this episode, just copy the link to the episode and just shoot it in a text to a couple of women in your life who you no know need to hear it. And if you feel so bold, if this episode really moved you, I would be so happy to see you share it on social media. You can share it on your Instagram and just tag me, Overcoming Overspending. Just take a screenshot of it, throw it on your stories and tag me. It would mean the world for this episode to reach as many people as possible because I really feel like a lot of us really, really, really need to hear this, myself included at the very top of that list. I have a bonus episode coming for y'all on Thursday with an amazing guest. I know you guys are really, really going to love that conversation. So tune back in Thursday for another bonus episode this week. I love y'all dearly have a good week bye thanks for listening to this week's episode of the money love podcast if you're loving the podcast then i want to invite you to join me in the overcoming overspending membership it's where we take this work deeper and apply the concepts and coaching from each week's episode into your own life by being a member you have exclusive access to my overcoming overspending process 10 monthly live coaching calls with me a private podcast, members-only community, monthly money topic and challenge, bonus courses, and so much more. There's nowhere else like it out there to level up your finances and life. Simply go to overcomingoverspending.com to join, and you can enter in the code MLP30 at checkout to save $30 on your first month inside the membership. See you inside.